0: Okay, let's get it. Locked on LSU, your team every day. Matt Moscona, ESPN Radio, Baton Rouge, New Orleans, Alexandria, Cox Sports TV in New Orleans. Uh, you'll hear from Ed Ogeron coming up here shortly on the podcast. Also, Will Wade talk some hoops and some uh, LSU football, incidentally. But uh, I want to start today with a conversation I had on my radio show on Monday. And I want to play this entire interaction. A guy named Cliff called the show and essentially said, should the LSU offense slow down to benefit the defense? And I had a very, very passionate response to this, and I want to nip this in the bud right now so there is no confusion at all from where it is that I am coming, coming with respect to LSU's offense and how it might affect the defense. So, here was the call, uh, the interaction between me and Cliff on AFR on Monday.
1: All right. So, forgive me if it's already been said or talked about. I'm, I'm just tuning in recently, but um, talking about the defense and, and the struggles against uh, Vanderbilt, I, and I say struggles by giving up what thirty-eight to Vandy. Uh, I, I'm in agreement with you. I believe I've heard you and many others say that it's a direct correlation with the style of offense we're playing, and us as LSU fans, we're just not used to that. So my question statement is to you: Would you would you compromise that offense? Would you change the strategy of your? Hell no to give the defense no listen no no listen no i'm not disagreeing with you i I want to i want more than no i want to know you're playing a different level of competition the bottom line of utah state
0: you will never scott i'm so you listen to the show right you you're you listen often or i'm sorry cliff sorry cliff cliff you listen you listen okay you listen often
1: yeah todd peterson Moose. Come on, man. Ted Business. Hey, hey.
0: boy, Cliff. Proud of you for that one. All right. You know, if you listen to the show, that I'm the guy who has said I am never picking LSU to beat Alabama again until they do. It's been said. And it's not an, it's not. Some people want to say he hates LSU. No, I don't. I'm a damn realist. I've watched that team get shut out in their own stadium the last two times against that team. You know what, Cliff? That had no shot of beating. It. That, what they did before, had 0% chance of ever beating Alabama again. Zero. Me, that was never. Now, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. What the, this, so, understand who is saying this, okay? The guy who a month ago said, I'm never picking LSU to beat Alabama again until they do. And one day I'll be wrong. And maybe whenever that happens, I'll be wrong. But I don't know that I'm going to pick them to win in Tuscaloosa this year. But I'll tell you this much. They got a shot. That offense can go on the road and can put up 40 points against Alabama and Brian Dennehy Stadium. I'm not saying they will. Can they? Hell yeah, they can. That Alabama defense, which I've seen allow South Carolina to move the ball, which Duke moved the ball for a quarter, it's no longer Alabama giving up 189 yards of total offense a game. They're vulnerable up the middle. They're not as dominant right now, and you've got a a three-headed monster receiver that can make plays. I'm not telling you they can't, they're gonna win that game, but I'm telling you for the first time, I'm, I'll damn sure guarantee you they ain't going to Tuscaloosa getting shut out. I'll tell you that much. So to your, to answer your question, would I compromise? Hell no! Because you had no shot of beating them the other way. At least this way, you can win a game stylistically, forty-five to forty-two, if you need to. You're never winning a nine to six to game a game against them again. That those days agree? are done.
1: Do you agree that the style of offense? Is allowing the defense to give up more points, aka thirty-eight to Vanderbilt. I How don't
0: many- care if you're scoring sixty-six.
1: But what if you could meet somewhere in the middle?
0: If you could slow define down your in the middle,
1: enough to give your no. Define if define what middle- you're
0: I- predicated on is go, then damn it, go. If you force a three and out and you can hit Jamar Chase for a sixty-four yard touchdown on the first play, do it. Go.
1: I'm not saying I'm not saying on the first play. I'm saying when you're up twenty-one to seven and you're still having ninety-second drives and your defense's tongue it's, is hanging down to their toes. It's
0: what you do. And by the way, the defense. Well, hang
1: on, hang on, hang on, hang on.
0: Your defense's tongues were not hanging onto their toes. So, the first play of the game, Vandy's goes. Wait, you 40, never cartoons? Hold, on, hold on, no, I know what you mean. Defense goes. They allow the forty-one-yard run on the first play of the game, and that's because Patrick Queen guessed wrong. Okay. Uh, you, and by the way, if you're 100% healthy, that's not Queen in the game. That's Phillips Divinity starting, and you got Chas on in there at outside linebacker, and I would trust those guys to make the play nonetheless. You give up the touchdown, you go back down to score, then you force a three and out. Then you have a one play drive, the 64 yard touchdown. De- the defense, as you put it, tongues hanging, right back on the field for another three and out. Then you get the ball back, you go down to score again. They get the ball, and it's four and out, where you stopped five and out when you st- stopped them on the fourth down play. And then they got the ball the next time, they kicked a field goal. After that, another three and out. So I'm not buying the the defense's tongue was dragging. Ed talked about that. Play this cut, Musso. I'm going late. Play this cut, Musso. He, it's number um uh nine. Play nine, please. Ed was asked about this. Is the defense tired? Play this.
2: You know, here, I'll say it again. You know, you got to stay in your gap. Hey, staying in your gap has nothing to do about being tired, Okay. Being 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 disciplined, tackling has nothing to do about being tired. There was nobody was being tired of being guys out there. I thought it was a nice cool day. We practiced in a lot of holidays. Uh Guys are in good shape, so there's no thing that the offense is going fast and we being tired. There's none of that. There's not an excuse for that in the world.
0: You on the play? You on the field for 73 plays? If you're on the field, Cliff, for a hundred plays, I could understand. It. In that in that Peach Bowl against Clemson in 2012, that defense was on the field for a 100 plays. In that situation, you you go to Austin on a 110-degree day and you're on the field for 90 snaps, then you could get worn down during a 19-play drive. They weren't tired the other day. They tackled like dog poo is what happened. They tackled like poo, and you had some backups miss assignments. I can live with that if you're scoring 66, which is why I've said so many times, I don't care how it looks, just get to October 12th healthy and undefeated. Let there be no confusion where I stand on... LSU and the offense and how it might be impacting the defense just keep scoring it's locked on LSU your team every day you'll hear from Ed Oser on next
3: March Madness is right around the corner if you want to win your office pool you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the locked on college basketball podcast
0: We continue Locked on LSU, your team every day, brought to you in part by Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter the promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100 with Vivid Seats. So uh, LSU is off this week, of course, but Ed Ogeron will meet with the media Tuesday night. Before doing that, he stopped by off the bench with Jordy Calada and T-Bob Hebert Tuesday morning and discussed quite a few topics including how they handle this week off.
2: You know, there's a lot of things we're going to do, some self-scouting. Uh, our guys were out on the road yesterday, the recruiting. We're coming back today. We're looking at ourselves. We're going to dissect everything offensively, defensively, and special teams, look at the things we're doing well, which is going to be a lot of things, look at the things that we must and we'll improve, and that's what this week's going to be about.
4: You've been a master here in your time in Baton Rouge and blocking out the noise. That's been your message to the public and inside the locker room. You've done a great job of that with your team. What's more difficult, having expectations not met with the noise or setting records every weekend?
2: Yeah, you know, I I think it's, it's really going back to telling the truth and looking at the film and keeping the guys into the fundamentals, into the techniques. And seeing that where every week we can improve, although we're doing some things that are very well, there's some things that we need to improve to get to where we want to go as a football team.
5: There's definitely look absolutely. There's always things that you can improve on, but but I do want to stay in this offense just for a second, coach, because so much is made about it this this offseason. We talked about it constantly. You said it was going to change. A lot of people didn't believe you. Well, not only has it changed, but It is quite literally the number one scoring offense in the country, fifty-seven and a half points per game. Like, has has this offense exceeded even your expectations? Like, I'm sure you thought they were going to be good. Did you know they were going to be this good?
2: You know, we we have to look throughout the whole season, T. Bob. As you know, we're going to be playing some a lot better defenses coming up. Uh, We're going to get into the teeth of SEC play. There's going to be some challenges. So let's see where we end up. I do believe that, uh, yes, they're they're a little bit better than we thought we would be at this point in the season, but we have some challenges coming up. We have some protection issues coming up. We have some big-time defensive linemen coming up. So let's see how we do through an SEC play, then we can talk.
5: Yeah, look, that, that, that's fair. Definitely some good teams left in this schedule. Um, I, I want to pick your brain about something that actually Coach Will Wade talked about that he was impressed with. Just from a coaching perspective, uh, he was watching y'all. And, and yes, the offense is so different, but what stands out to him is that although it was such a big transition, the transition's been so smooth. Like the operation has been so smooth, not a lot of penalties. Everybody's on the same page. What's been the key to y'all as a staff being able to communicate and, and make yeah. this transition like y'all have?
2: You know, first of all, as you know, Steve Ensming is the general of the offense, and he. He gets in there, and there's a lot of good ideas, that Joe Brady has brought in the spread offense, and we got it from him. And this is mainly the Saints passing game, the RPOs from Penn State. But Steve is the one that regulates everything, so, you know, we can do this, we can't do that. He calls most of the plays, so you got to give him the credit for keeping everything balanced. Now, we do have to run the football better. Uh, We do have to be able to control the clock better. We did a study yesterday. Our touchdown scoring drives are averages one minute and forty eight seconds. <laughs> so that's good. That's really good. That it's really so good, good for the offense, but it gives a challenge for the defense to go back and not much rest. So there's going to be some substitution. We have to create some depth on defense because we want to keep on scoring. But there'll be some times where we're going to have to control the ball and um, you know run the football a little bit better. So. Those are some of the things we can work on this week.
4: Is the biggest challenge that this offense provides in-house is more plays for your defense on the field?
2: You know, we, we looked at that, uh, Jordy, and we have only 68. We, we have 68 plays compared to maybe 62 the year before. So hmm. the, the amount of plays, it's not the amount of plays, it's the amount of rest that we're getting on the sidelines. So we're going to have to figure out a way either to substitute Oh, guys, you know, because we want to keep on scoring or be able to have some ball control when we need that rest after a quick scoring drive.
4: You mentioned Brady and Ensminger. One more coach I want to highlight is Greg McMahon. You had a punt yeah. block last weekend. <laughs> Your hands team makes a play. Cade York's been spectacular. Trey Palmer has a, a return. Stingley back yeah. there. The, the, the special teams, Coach, the improvement that you've made there.
2: Yeah. Greg's been a force for us. And when I left the Saints, Coach, I, that I wish I could ever have on my staff is great McMahon. And huh. He is a, he's a great recruiter. He's a great evaluator. He's recruited all these kids, all these kickers. Uh, I just tell him, I him great what do you think? And He said, I think this guy can kick, and he's right on every one of them. Uh, he handles all the special teams. He does a phenomenal job. I think he gets to work at 3.30 in the morning, at least at 10 at night. Uh, the guy is just a great, great football coach. Uh,
5: coach, we talked a lot of a line on this show. And um,
2: you know, and
5: and like we said, we're looking for areas of improvement, nitpicking a bit. And I focused a lot on Adrian McGee in a lot of the way times this year that's been in a negative light. But how about the double pancake that Adrian and McGee <laughs> had last week? Ha- have Have you all had a team meeting? Have you been able to show that play to the team yet?
2: Yeah, I'll show it today, and that might be a thunder, thunder, out. He may get a thunder, thunder, thunder for that one. <laughs>
5: I mean it was it was unbelievable man but but kinda of, okay so so kind of in line with that though um it was announced on Friday right before the game that Ed Ingram has been officially cleared uh to return to this team, so kind of give us where's where's the um the kind of plan for Ingram he obviously hasn't played football in a while
2: yeah well he's he's been working out um he seemed like he's in very good shape, we're so happy for Ed yeah, he's a great um uh, human being, he's a great part of our staff. I mean, our football team, he's an integral part of our football team. He's probably one of our best linemen. So, obviously, we're going to be putting him into a starting role when he earns it. That will give us flexibility with Adrian McGee, that he can either play guard or tackle, probably be a swing guy for us, but Adrian is playing very well. Yeah. So we're just going to let it all fit in, but it's a good problem to have.
5: Yeah, definitely. And then on the opposite side of the, the ball coach, um, defensive line, one guy that – I think had a lot of pressure on him coming into the year and has absolutely lived up to it is Tyler Shelvin. I know that he's been a guy that's – you you've had to work with a lot through the years to get him to this moment. So I guess how validating has that been for you to see him wearing 72 and doing right by that number?
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of Big T. Now, he's still a working process. He still has to lose some weight. Uh, his practice habits have been improving. Um, and uh, I thought he played very, very well against Vanderbilt, and in fact, he's played well all season now. There's some things that he needs to get better at, continue to get better at, but right now he's almost consistent defensive lineman.
4: Coach, when you dive deeper into the assessment of your defense through the first quarter of the season, through the first four games, what have you seen from that side of the ball? What, what's been the communication with Aranda?
2: Yeah, you know, we've done a lot of good things. You know, we, we start off against Georgia Southern and had one heck of a game and yeah. stopped a big time option attack. Uh, we played a good half against Texas. We had a great goal line stance, We didn't play good in the, in the second half. Then we didn't play good in the first half against Northwest. In Vanderbilt, we missed some tackles. So there's some things that we're getting fixed on defense, but you know what? Getting Killamon Chasson back, Rashard Lawrence back, <laughs> Glenn Lowen back, that will alleviate a lot of those problems. But we we still need to be working on the fundamentals, being the right plays, being the right gap, and tackling them. That's all defense is.
4: How's Michael Divinity after last Saturday?
2: He, he's going to be okay. I think it might be a couple of weeks, but uh, he is it's not as bad as a broken film.
5: Coach field. uh you you mentioned missed tackles. How do you how do you practice missed tackles in kind of the modern era of football where not only do you like you, you don't want to expose guys to too much risk in practice. I guess how do you yeah. tack, how, how do you practice that p- part of the game?
2: You know, we went. Uh, we spent the whole day yesterday on uh, every missed tackle. We had 18 missed tackles. Wow! For 100 for 148 yards against Vanderbilt, and I watched every one of them. I had some analysts in here. We analyzed everything. I called some other coaches that I knew. sent them the film. We looked at it, and we're going over the technique and the footwork and the and and the the placement of the defensive player before he makes the tackle. I think all those things, the approach and the footwork, all those things you can work on now. The actual tackle part of we're going to have to tackle some in practice, especially in the open field. But they have that donut. You can, know that little thing, that that little donut, that little rugby-style tackling thing that you can tackle. But we we have been practicing it on tackle. We've been practicing tackling a bunch, and we still have a ways to go.
4: LSU head football coach Ed Ogeron joining us here off the bench, ESPN Baton Rouge, New Orleans, and Alexandria. Through four games this season, coach, your quarterback has more completions, passing yards, passing touchdowns than any player in school history <laughs> over that span. You told us coming into the offseason in a quarterback, you look for that toughness, kind of like that Bobby Bear quality. To yeah. me, coach, when he was in the sideline, when he was on the sideline Saturday, it looked a little bit like a young Bobby. Um, yeah. <laughs> what, what have you made of your quarterback?
2: He's got, it. we're proud of him. Uh, proud of Joe. Uh, believe in Joe. Joe's very smart. He's tough. He's a team player. Uh, all he wants to do is win. I mean, he doesn't care anything about accolades. Uh, he's very smart with the football, knows where to go. He has a great group of wide receivers. They're very close. But I'm really pleased with the offensive line, the way we were protecting yes. and giving him time. And now, now, when Joe gets flushed out of the pocket, he can't make plays on his feet. I thought the play he made against Texas was a phenomenal football
5: play. I mean, it was. It's that third and seventeen is a highlight that's going to live in a lot of LSU fans' memories for a long time. You mentioned the wide receivers, coach, and I mean the group there. After years of talking about it, we're we're like finally yeah. seeing it. Right, that group looks unreal right now. I uh, feel terrible for Terrace Marshall though. Can you give us a little update on on, on Terrace's situation? Yeah,
2: yeah. Obviously, uh, you know we we had it him taken care of right away on Sunday morning. And we're going to see, you know, I think that he's going to come back a little quicker from this injury uh, than most people because of the work of of Jack Marucci and his staff. As you guys know, they're phenomenal. I do believe that you're going to see him again this year. I I don't know when, but hopefully we get him back towards the latter part of the season.
4: You mentioned John Robinson handing you some notes on Sunday mornings and encouraging you to get these younger backs involved. It seems like those yeah. guys are starting to catch up.
2: Yeah, they are. I think that John Emery and Tyron Davis has proved that they can be elite backs in LSU. I like Leonard Burnett. I like Chris Curry. I love Clyde. they there. Clyde. Need all five of them. We need all five.
5: Yeah, it, it's been kind of interesting. Clyde's almost like the fans keep clamoring for the younger guys, but... What's your evaluation about Clyde has played so far? Because to me, he looks like one of the main engines behind this offense.
2: Oh, yeah. No, no question. This, this um, offense is built for Clyde. The way he can run the football, the way he has a, a great base, great balance. He's excellent with his feet, excellent vision. He can catch the ball out the backfield. Does everything we want to do. And I love his leadership.
4: So how's the schedule work this week, Coach, with, with recruiting and on-the-field duties?
2: Yeah, our guys, we had a great day on recruiting yesterday. Our guys were all over the place. Uh, we're back today, Stellar Truth Monday. Uh, tomorrow will be a Tuesday practice. Uh, Thursday will be a Thursday practice. Then we're out on the road recruiting. And then I'm going to chair the Magney State Cowboys nice. on Saturday night.
0: If you want to hear the entire interview with Ed Ogeron, you can catch it on demand at 1045ESPN.com. Click the Off the Bench On Demand tab or however you're listening to this a podcast search 1045 ESPN Baton Rouge. You'll see the Ed Ogeron interview under today's date, September the 24th. We'll knock out our final break here on the Locked on LSU podcast. You'll hear from Will Wade next. Wrapping up another edition of the Locked on LSU podcast, your team every day. Uh Will Wade met with the media a Monday evening. Tiger basketball team beginning preseason workouts officially after having gone through offseason conditioning the boot camp as Will Wade puts it, and he discussed quite a few things with the media on uh, on his uh, during his availability on Monday, including uh, this team and sort of the camaraderie that they have.
3: Got a very tight-knit group. I've said that a, a lot. The guys actually generally like each other. A lot of times they kind of fake it a little bit, but these guys actually generally enjoy each other and hanging out together, but certainly we've got to have a, a business-like uh, approach with uh, with what we do. It can't be all Loosey goosey all the time, but we need to, you know, it's a it's a it's a fine line there, and so we'll we'll figure out where that is.
0: Continuity is a great thing, especially when you consider you lose Dramont Waters, Nas Reed, Cavell Bigby Williams. You lose your three most productive players from a year ago. You return a ton though. I mean, you return Marlon Taylor, you return Javante Smart, and you return Skylar Mays. And you return Emmett Williams and Darius Days. You got a lot of production back, but your top three guys are gone. So that continuity certainly helps. Will Wade also talked about the trip to Spain and how they got, they really got to know a lot about the unknowns on this team.
3: Yeah, we played Javante and Skyler a little bit more in the one game against Dominican, but all the rest of them we didn't play them. Uh, nearly as much. We wanted to see how those younger guys did. I thought Charles Manning was was phenomenal. You know, Trendon led us in scoring and Bishop, uh, Bishop had, had his moments. So uh, I think we got a lot out of the, the trip from those guys, just understanding where they are and what we need to improve on and what we need to get better on. And now we've got to fine-tune things as we start practice. We're certainly ahead of where we would have been if we hadn't been on the trip and now we've just got to, you know, but it does us no good to have that advantage if we can't press that advantage and continue to move forward, continue to get better.
0: Tigers will play an exhibition on Saturday, November the second, against Louisiana Tech. That'll be for the uh, the hoops for disaster relief exhibition, benefiting Ruston in that area after the tornadoes that touched down uh, earlier this year. And then officially, they'll begin the schedule on Friday, November the eighth, against Bowling Green at the Maravich Center. That, of course, the day before LSU takes on Alabama in Tuscaloosa. In uh, in football and that's something that will Wade actually talked about talked about as well was the football team
3: the thing that I'm most impressed with and I know very little to nothing about football is how clean they run it is unbelievable I mean how smooth the transit, I mean, to go to Texas in the second game and how smoothly all that operates, I think people are way overlooked. I mean, that is hard to do. To totally change your, your tempo, your operation, and how smoothly they run all that stuff is incredible. I think that's a credit to, obviously, Coach O, but the quarterback, the, the, uh, the center, he's a big-time, big-time kid. And, you know, I think the center, all those guys, I mean, they got it. That's really, really difficult to do. That's the most impressive thing to me as a coach.
0: Perhaps Will knows more than uh, he's letting on. He also likes Joe Perho a lot.
3: Like I said, I know nothing about football. It's just how they've changed, how fast they move. They don't have penalties. They don't have a lot of mistakes. Like I mean, it's just it's just seamless, and that to me, is Burrow. I tell our point guards all the time, you're the quarterback. You got to lead the huddles. You got to know what everybody's got to do. And I mean, he seems jawing at the Vanderbilt players a little bit. You got to like that, kind of like Javante for us when he's out there in the front of the defense and he's he gets going. Your team feeds off that, whether it's your point guard, your quarterback, whoever it may be.
0: High praise from a successful coach, and as part of what I've talked about often here is. Part of the reason that LSU has transitioned seamlessly to this offense is because it is what it is the style of offense that many of these kids run from the time they start seven on sevens. This is their native language. There shouldn't be as much of a learning curve, and I think we're seeing that right now. Okay, it is the Locked on LSU podcast. We'll bid you adieu and see you tomorrow. Uh, Ed Ogeron meets with the media on Tuesday night. You'll hear what he has to say coming out of a Tuesday's practice on uh, the uh, Wednesday edition of the Locked on LSU podcast. Your team every day.